Advancement Director for Thomas More Prep Marion High School, Troy Ruda, talks about effective communication. Are emails and text messages always the best form of communication? What if one is afraid of speaking publicly? What if we forget someone's name when talking to them? Well, let's find out. Here's Troy Ruda being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. Well, we're going to talk with Troy Ruda this morning, a 1993 graduate of TMP Marion High School. After working in marketing communication field, as, as well as being a funeral director, Troy moved back to Hayes and is the advancement director of Thomas Moore Prep Marion High School. Troy's married to Lisa. They have two children, Ethan and Madison. We welcome Troy in this morning. We're going to talk about Effective communication, and uh, there's a lot of books out there. I know on communication, a lot of books on so many different topics, a lot of books on effective communication, but if you sum it up in maybe a few sentences, how would you, Troy, how would you describe effective communication? Effective communication, it's funny It's funny that in my lifetime, we have more ways to communicate than we ever ever could imagine or ever could imagine being able to, but we seem to have a really hard time communicating with people and getting, you know, and, and getting our message across and people feel, you know, not just because of, not just because of the current state of things, but people feel more isolated than ever, but we have so many ways to connect with each other, yet we still are challenged with it. How to, how to actually identify communication is, is first decide on what's, What's the necessity of it? What's the necessity of the message that you're putting out? Is it something that you actually need to get your point across? Or is it something that you, you know, you'll do more harm than good trying to make that point? Also, how is it relative? Who, who are you giving this message to, right? You know, it's like, I tell you that this morning my roofers came, but I'm telling you that, and it's relative to you, of why I was, ran in here just in time, right? But was it necessarily relative to everybody that's listening to this? Not necessarily. And I need to choose effective communication because we are inundated, absolutely inundated with information now. And our, our defense mechanisms are making us tune it out. You know, you're just, it's everywhere you turn, you're getting some sort of message. And so, you know, what you're saying is I can't, I can't listen to all this. So you scroll past it or you turn the TV off or you change the station or you know, and, and so we have those options to not listen. And I think that we're inundated with it so much because so much of the information that we see has nothing to do with us, but it's shaping who we are, right? And you just don't, you don't necessarily want it in your airspace. So we need to choose what is actually relative to the person we're communicating to and the method that we're communicating it. Who is going to receive this message? And should they be receiving it? Is it worthwhile to them? And then the other thing is, what do you expect the outcome to be? You know, I expected the outcome of telling you that I was, you know, my roofers were coming, that you would have a better understanding of why I was late and you wouldn't start off the hour mad at me because because you had to kill time, right? And so that was the expected outcome. And so then, therefore, it was a worthwhile communication. But if I had, if you know, if I really didn't care about the outcome and I just wanted to tell you what I was doing because, well, it made me seem, you know, important, that wasn't worthwhile communication. Yeah. So yeah, and actually, I, don't, I didn't think you were late, so I didn't even <laughs> notice until I, <laughs> because well, I tried to maintain my speed <clears throat> level so that I wasn't well, even more late. We're talking about effective communication in a world that 
you know, so crazy right now as far as with even with uh, we'll we'll talk more about social media and everything else involved. But what's uh, why is good communication important? You know, not only in fundraising but for people in general. I think the the thing that I've always you know we've talked about is you have the written word and the spoken word, which can obviously when you write something too. And I maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but we'll we'll come back to that in a moment. But let's talk about communication and why good communication is important. With a background in marketing, I tend to think about communication in, in one way, and that is communication that has to do with trying to convince somebody to do something. That is, you know, that's obviously the, you know, the definition of marketing is to, you know, get, get, get you to want to endorse or buy or use our, this, this product or service. And so, but then there also, there's the, there, that's, you know, that's marketing or communication for marketing, but there's also interpersonal communication that we need to work on as a society. And I think, and I'll touch on that here in a minute, but as far as, you know, when you talk about fundraising or fundraising is, is simply that it is, it is asking you and telling you or telling you the value of, of what we're doing and asking you to support it. Right. And so I'm trying to sell you the value of what, the organization that I'm fundraising for is doing. And that's the same thing as any any business that needs to market their product or service. I think that the reason why good communication is so important is to create an understanding. So imagine if we all understood each other. Um, so imagine if, you know, if, if I understand you and you understand me and um, we're not listening with our minds closed, but we're listening with our mind wide open that you have something to teach me and I have something to teach you. So when I am have decided that I need to communicate this with you, that it, you know, it meets those criteria of being necessary, ne- uh, necessary and relative, that I am able to with all of my heart, with no motives, I am able to tell you, hey, this is why you should do or, or buy or believe this, right? I believe in it and this is why. Now, when I listen to you and I'm communicating to you with my mind wide open, I'm allowing you to maybe challenge, challenge why I believe in that, challenge why I'm trying to sell it or, you know, challenge me why I'm trying to convince you of that. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with you challenging me on that. And we're able to have a minds wide open conversation. That's when we end up with understanding out of good communication. And so just, I imagine, imagine a world where we all understood one another, how much simpler and kinder uh, the the world we live in would would be so that's that's what i tend to do when it comes to fundraising or any of the marketing type things that i've worked in is understand number one what i'm really trying to support or sell or um, convince other people of to have a true understanding of it and really back it myself and then i can go out and teach it to you uh, and understanding and teaching, and I get to teach that to you, and you get to understand this more, and you get to make the choice whether or not you're going to support it. That's good communication. It's no longer me trying to convince you of anything. You get your free will, and you can decide if you want want you know, through that communication. That's good, effective communication. Um, and hopefully, you know, the, it turns out the best for everybody. Interpersonal communication is very important. Um, not so not take the marketing out of it take trying to convince anybody out of anything 
but we weren't li- we weren't made to live the way we're living right now. I'm, and I'm I'm talking about this isolation on the on this virus. We were not meant to be apart. Um, we weren't put on this earth alone, right? Pretty well immediately, uh, God made a companion, right? We were not meant to be alone. When that communication between us starts to break down, we can feel miles apart from each other and be in the same room. When we communicate well with other people, I'm giving you something. I'm making you feel good. And that is, that's what we're here to do. We're here to help one another. We're, here, we're not here to be alone. And so when, I, when I'm talking with you and I'm listening to you and I'm allowing you to tell me what's on your mind, that's exactly what I was put here on this earth to do. I was meant to be here with you and live the, in this world with you. And so I think it's very important right now that we are reaching out to everyone that's around us, whether it's you know on the phone right now, or um, but we're called to communicate well with one another. Let's talk about some of the methods or principles of good communication, some of the things that you might share there. One thing that I have found through experience is you need to, um, in so many ways in life, you need to be humble. And that has that has everything to do with communication as well. You know, it is, it, if I go into a, a conversation and I think that I know so much about you and exactly how you're going to receive what I'm going to say, I'm not open to listening. I'm not open, and open to your side of the conversation at all. And so, but if I go into a situation or a conversation of any type with humility um, and I'm able to say, you know, I have no idea. I have no idea what this person is, is, is going to think or say um, or, you know, and I can't, I can assume that the, I should assume that this person has as much to share with me about this topic as I have to share with them. So if I go into a conversation with humility, that is going to help our two-way communication much, much better. The other thing is don't go in thinking that you're a know-it-all. Oftentimes, I think that we go into conversations with others and we, we, have, this, we have this all figured out, right? This topic has been, I, I'm going to tell you all about this right now. But then we shy away if they say something to us and that we didn't realize, right? We're like, oh, I'm, I, I, I don't know what to say now. I was supposed to know everything about this. Mm-hmm. Understand that you don't need to be a know-it-all. And it actually will go much better in whatever conversation you're going to have if you can honestly say, you know what? I, had, I was not aware of that. That is the first time I've heard something like that. Or, wow, you just taught me something. Um, I'm thinking about this maybe in a little different way. Or, wow, I had no idea of that. And that, that makes me feel this way even more, right? But when you go in and with humility and you say, guys, I don't know everything that there is to know about this. But from what I do know, this is how I feel about it. That immediately creates a two-way type of conversation rather than me on, you know, me on a pulpit and you down there listening to me. You're down there listening to me and you're getting resentful of me because I'm up here on a pulpit not listening to you, mm. right? So I think, number one, go into any kind of conversation that you have with anything, no matter what you're trying to communicate, go into it with humility and be ready to learn. My dad always said, you have two, two ears and one mouth. Use them accordingly. Yeah, that's exactly and right. I struggle with that quite often. <laughs> Me too. I'll be the Me first too. to admit it as a communications um, major too. So You know, the, two, the thing too with good communication, you know, and that's, 
interpersonal communication, obviously, it's it's when you're just talking one on one or to a small group of people. That's a, but that's that's one thing. But when you're now you're ta- when you talk about mass communications and you're wanting to get you're wanting to get your message across to a, a large group of people, I think that you need to take the time to learn about the people that you're going to be communicating with and address them, meet them where they are, right? Don't try to stand over there. I'll sit over here and say, I'm going to say all the right words and you're going to come to me. I'm going, actually, what I need to do is I need to try to understand where you are and I need to go there and meet you. I believe Pope Francis said something like that. It's that you need to meet people where they are. You know, as a church, what we're supposed to be doing is going to where the people need us the most. Regardless of where they are, we need to be going there and meeting them and taking them along with us. Mm-hmm. So it's when, I, when I'm dealing with mass communications and I'm trying to put out a message to you know, an entire database of people, I'm trying to understand who are the people on the other side of that. You know, so from like a TMP perspective, I'm saying, am I getting this message out to alumni? Okay, who is which group of alumni is am I trying to communicate with? What part of their life are they in right now? What might they how will they receive this message the, the, the best? I'm trying to go to where they are and make it easy for them to receive the message. Obviously, communications has various forms in today's world, email, social media. You know, one of the things I was just talking to are kind of. Um, alluded to earlier, the written word versus the spoken word, uh, that can sometimes be a real challenge because some, sometimes we write something and we don't mean it to sound nasty, but it right. can't just because the written and spoken word yeah. is so different. So. Two things come to mind there. We use the Google platform for email at work. And recently, I don't know if it's a recent edition or not, honestly, but I've noticed that they have a delay on the send button now. So it's only a few seconds, but you hit send and it'll say message sent undo. And if I do nothing, obviously the message goes, but if I like, oh no, I didn't mean to send it yet. It hasn't left my, it hasn't left my outbox yet. It gives me a minute to recognize I made a mistake or the message was incomplete or I didn't put the attachment in or I didn't mean to send that yet. Right. Uh, It's funny that there's a, there's a delay button. There used to be a, you send something and you could somehow go, I think Outlook had it, you could go and request to take it back, right? And, but it would still come up in somebody's inbox, right? That they, that, oh, this person retrieved that message. It wasn't effective at all because once it's out there, it's out there. And I think that when we're realizing in the digital communication, you can't take it back. You, you simply can't, nor can you protect where it's going. So I may think that I'm really giving you a what for over an email because it was the most comfortable place. You have no idea who I blind CC'd. I have no idea who you are forwarding it to. This is not a communication between you and I. And so anything that you're going to put out uh, digitally, you need to make sure that you're okay reading that on the front page of the newspaper because potentially it can go everywhere. There's nothing private about digital communication. Yeah. You want to trust others. You know, I want to trust you that the message I sent you, you recognize that that's for you only. And, but I don't think that that's worth the risk. So when I'm, when I'm sending something by email, uh, I think that this was, oh gosh, this is years old. This is an old, old piece of advice. But if you are upset about something and you fire off a message, just put, just put it 
overnight. Just leave it. Send it tomorrow and reread it again the next day. Um, and see if you still feel like that's a good good way to do it. Otherwise, no matter what you're putting out, whether it's on social media, whether it's uh, uh, via an email that you think is private, whether it's a writ- handwritten letter, right? You better make sure that you're okay with everybody being able to read that and that mm-hmm. you would be proud of it. Uh, you would be proud of it on the front page of the newspaper. I think that's an excellent point so many times. And maybe Google needs to add that feature. You know, I'll send this after I sleep on it or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny thing is I have um, a plug-in in, in Google called Grammarly. Um, English teachers may not like it. I, I'm not sure, but it sure helps me with punctuation and things. And it, it goes in and makes sure that make sure that my commas are in the right places. And But... It gives it now. It gives a little a little emoji down at the bottom of the message that says, "This is what we detect the tone of your email to be." Right. Really? So, like formal, friendly, cheerful, just by the words you're putting in there. And I think wouldn't that be great if it came up with like a uh, you know like a timeout you know yeah. a timeout emoji? You sound really upset in this. You should maybe just wait. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize that. I, I mean, I've heard of Grammarly. I haven't yeah. used it, but I didn't realize it had. Yeah. That feature, it's been a lifesaver for me at yeah, times. Because, yeah. again, written and spoken words sometimes. Because yeah. I'll send, I've done it before, send a text or something meaning nothing in a bad way, but it was just right. how it was written. Well, case yeah. in point, I had, you know, these are challenging times with fundraisers, uh, for fundraisers. And you know, it's challenging times for everybody, but fundraising is, is going through a unique set of challenges right now. And I had a email correspondence just on Friday with somebody and I, you know, I responded back truthfully with what the situation was. And then I also asked, I said, I, I, how do you, how do you think that I could do this better? I'm sincerely asking you for advice on this, on what you think that I could do better in this situation. And followed up with um, a, a phone call yesterday and the person on the other end of the email was like, yeah, the tone of your email, I could just tell that, you know, I maybe I should not be doing this and this is not. And I said, my tone was not intended at all. My my tone was, hey, here's what's going on. And I'm asking you for your help. But the tone that that this person thought was not at all what the tone I was typing with. Mm. Um, I was typing with understanding. Right. And their tone was, oh, I pushed the boundary, the tone that they received. Mm -hmm. Oh, I pushed the boundary and I shouldn't have said anything. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until we were on the phone with one another, actually speaking to one another, that that the understanding came out of it. So I'm saying that maybe digital communication should really be more fact-based. And if you want to get your message across, you should probably go talk to somebody. We've uh, we've kind of it's kind of a lost art. I thought about that. You know, families used to gather on, you know, Sunday nights, for example, and just sit around and talk or play cards mm-hmm. and just communicate in that way. And and some still do that. But we've lost. It seems like we've so much lost some of the just the, the original way, the good old, you know, face to face conversations. People now have their heads in there, you know, and they're and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody uh, with my face and my iPhone mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, one of the one of the interesting things a number of months back, sitting in a restaurant, I looked over and saw a family of four, two to mo- mom and dad, uh, son and daughter, and they were sitting in a booth at the mm-hmm. restaurant, mm-hmm. and nobody was talking. They were mm-hmm. all had their phones in front of yeah. them, and it's like communication has has become lost or so different just because of this. We we're yeah. more connected than ever, yet we are. You know, well, 
before we had all of these devices, I'm, and I'm talking about even before the every everybody had a telephone uh, in their hand, uh, and even before people had a, everybody had a telephone hanging on their wall. The way that I was going to have to communicate with you is I was going to have to go and see you, right? So we, we were going to have to talk about something. So obviously tone, tone, and how somebody actually feels about something that's going to be easiest expressed by you actually seeing and hearing me, right? It's the senses that God gave us. Okay, and those are the best communicators. Honestly, are the the, the five ones that God actually gave us. But we've added things to make things easier. So I couldn't always, you know, ride over to your house and tell you what I needed to tell you. So I, you know, we get a telephone, right? And it it becomes a lot easier. And I can say, oh, I'm going to call Ken real quick and I'm going to tell him this message. Okay. Well, that's great. But now we've gotten, we have evolved so much that we have devolved into, I don't even want you to call me. Don't. I mean, if there's, if, if your contact is not in my phone, I'm not answering it. Because I'm so skeptical of what I'm going to get sold or what might be put in my face at this minute that I don't want to deal with, right? I'm not abandoning myself anymore to whatever it is it is. I'm controlling it. No matter what, I'm controlling it. If Ken comes up in my phone and like, oh, okay, it's Ken I'm going to answer. If you're not my phone, he's going to have to leave me a message. And then I'm like, who left me a message? Why would somebody leave me a message? Just send me a text message already. You know, I now I'm going to have to listen to something. I could just... We have gotten so lazy in what we will actually allow into mm-hmm. our airspace. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes up with that mecha- that defense mechanism of it's so much everywhere all the time that we're like, nope, I'm not doing that right now. Nope, I'm not doing that right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think the other thing that happens, at least with, it depends on the generation, I suppose. I, we had a priest that was doing a uh, retreat at one point, and he was talking about his nephew, and he said, I... I was texting him, and then, and then um, he said a few days later I called him, and he answered the phone and said, what are you calling me for? Why didn't you just text <laughs> well, me? I know. You know? <laughs> so Maybe I wanted to hear your voice. You yeah. know, maybe I actually missed you, and I want to hear your voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you we need to take a short break right now, but whether you're listening via radio, computer, phone app, or Amazon Echo, please know. We'll be right back with more from Mr. Troy Ruda. We're back on Divine Mercy Radio. Effective communication. With Troy Ruda. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. Troy Root is our guest. We're talking about effective communication. We talk about difficulty in face-to-face social situations. I know there's people talking about some of the young people today that, again, their noses are in the phone, and they have struggle. They really struggle with how to communicate effectively. So how do you, how do you help somebody that may be in that situation and help them give, maybe have some tips on how they can be more comfortable and communicate more effectively? There's often times where my kids will say something to me and I'm like, either I am losing my hearing or they can't speak 
And I'll say, I'll say, what did you say? And, like, and I'm like, all right, you need to pronunciate. Use, use your words well <laughs> and, and speak to me, right? Those are things that you can do with your own kids. You can't do that. That's, that's not really a, a polite thing to do in society. Walk up to somebody and say, use your words, pronunciate better, right? Yeah. I can't understand what you're saying. I think everybody has um, nervousness. Let's say you have to go and let's say you have to go and stand up in front of a big crowd and talk, right? Everybody has nervousness in that situation. And, and remember, you're supposed to you're supposed to imagine everybody in their underwear, right? Mm-hmm. And it's gonna it'll it'll <laughs> take the take the the heat off of things. It's okay to be nervous because I think that nervousness means it's important to you. And, and you want it to go well, right? I think the difference, though, is sometimes we're fearful. And I've heard this a number of times of late. I don't know if it's being used more or if I'm supposed to hear it more these days, but they, um, I'll, I'll hear people say how many times be not afraid is in the Bible, right? I can't tell you how many times that is, but I think it's 365, if I remember uh, right. Well, that's yeah. a that's a that's a nice number, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Right. Uh, be not afraid every single day. It's okay to be nervous. It's not okay to be fearful. You should not have to be fearful. Now, when the stakes are really high, you know, sometimes we have to. Sometimes we have to say things that aren't nice. Sometimes we have to talk about the the not nice things so that we can expose them and and fix it. If it's the right thing to do, if it's just in what you're saying, there's no reason to be fearful. You're supposed to go into those kind of battle-like situations. And if you're doing the right thing, it's okay. It's okay to be nervous. You should be nervous. But don't don't be fearful. Because, and I, I jotted down a note here, nervousness is okay. Be comfortable in your own skin, right? When you go into a situation and, and, and you're, you're afraid or you're really nervous and you don't want to get up there and you don't want to do it, be okay with what you're saying. Be okay with be okay with not uh, don't because when you're comfortable with yourself, you're not worried about what they think of you, right? It's oftentimes that we're worried about what the reaction is going to be. What are they going to think of me? What are they going to say? What am I going to feel? What am I going to have to defend? What's the unknown, right? But if you're comfortable with yourself, it doesn't really matter what they think of you, right? You're going to go in there and you're going to look and appear. Com- confident and comfortable and it's going to go the way that you want it to go and sometimes it's going to go the way that it's going to go right so that's the way that i start to go into situations where i'm like oh i've never done this before um i've never had to talk to this group of people before and i once i go in there and say well you know what i'm meant to be here i'm in the right place and the message they're they're here to hear what i have to say so how bad can it be? Now, I'm still nervous. I've never talked to you before. Mm-hmm. I don't know you. I don't know what you're going to laugh at or what you're going to get mad at or any of those kind of things. But I'm not afraid um, because I'm comfortable with what I'm saying. I'm comfortable with the message that I have to say. And most people, if they don't want to hear you, they're not going to be there listening. Right. So, Troy, can communication skill be learned? Or is this one of those things where people either have it or they don't have it? I don't, I don't necessarily think, no, I don't think that it's either you have it or you don't have it. I think that everything, everything can be learned, but I don't think you necessarily, you know, 
you you have a communications degree, but were you really good at communicating the second that you got the piece of paper? No, I'm. In fact, I'm still told I'm not a great communicator. <laughs> and I'm not. And you know, all of these things that I'm saying, it's funny that it's it's. Um, I'm not the greatest at any of these things. And when Donetta suggested this topic, I was like, oh gosh. There's going to be some people that listen to this and they're like, that guy can't communicate his way out of a box, right? <laughs> so I understand that I'm not, the, I'm not the best at these things all the time either, but I'm, I hope that I'm growing in it. I hope that the times where I've fallen and I didn't, I didn't communicate that very well, or I, that I, I'm hoping that I, I apologized for that and I, I learned from it and the next time I'm going to communicate it a little better. So I didn't learn it. I grew into it. So that's why I say I don't necessarily think you have it or you don't. I think that you don't necessarily learn it. You can learn some skills. You can be told some skills, but you grow into being able to use those skills well. You know, some people are naturally charismatic. I never used to think of myself as, as, you know, an extrovert, right? I've always kind of thought of myself as, you know, I don't really mind being alone, and but I don't mind being with people either, you know, so I don't really think that I'm either one. I think I've started to learn through this whole self-isolation experiment that we're going through that I am more of an extrovert than I am an introvert. It's very, very difficult for me to get motivated right now in my house. And so I feed off of what other people are doing. I mean, that's where my energy comes from. I would not necessarily say that I'm charismatic though, right? Some people are naturally charismatic. You know, they just, they walk into a room. You know, I, I used to, a CEO that I used to work for, we'd be in a, in a group of 500 people and he would seem to know every single name. Mm. He was charismatic. When he would walk in, you felt like, oh wow, how does this guy know who I am, right? He just knew. I mean, the way that he carried himself, he, you felt you felt important when you were around him, right? That's charisma. That's. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think we all need to be naturally charismatic to be good communicators. Right. I think that we need to just say, really, number one, I go back to what I said in the beginning. We all need to be humble, and we need to go into these situations knowing what we don't, you know, not necessarily caring what we don't know, you know, and being ready to learn and saying, you know what, hey, you know, I. I have met you a hundred times, but your name is not coming to me. I am sorry. I don't know why your name is not coming to me right now. You're like, Troy, my name is Ken, right? We've met a dozen times. You're like, Ken, I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't know why that slipped my mind, but good to see you again, Ken, Mm -hmm. right? Get over it. Get past it. You know, I slipped and fell a number of times where I tried to have, I was supposed to know somebody's name and I didn't. And I tried to say, hey, you. You know, they know, they know. And so I've started to realize if I've forgotten somebody's name, go with it, go with it and say, oh, why, why, why is your name slipping my mind right now? Yeah, Yeah. I'm kind of famous for that. There's some people that are so good at remembering names even just after an initial meeting. But um, that's that's always been a little bit of a challenge. Well, but, you know, I was this happened to me. Gosh, it was just um, it would have been just. Late last year, I was in introducing a new employee around. You're introducing in a large place and a lot of people, and you know. So now, all of a sudden, you're being you're t- being tested on everybody's name, right? Because uh, uh, let me introduce you to so and so. Let me introduce you to so and so. This is so and so, and they do that and this, right? You're making the rounds, and I got to the end of it, and and I'm staring this person in the face that I've worked with now for three years, and I'm like. Uh, you know, and I'm like, I, I am so sorry. I cannot say your name right now. You know, and they went on. But 
I felt really bad about that I, after, we, after I left the situation. And I went back and apologized and said, I apologize for you. I did not to you. I did not mean to make you feel unimportant or that I don't know your name. Uh, you know, I, I really feel bad about that. And, you know, and, and she laughed and, and it was fine. But I, this is what I'm talking about, growing into communication. Be comfortable enough to go back and apologize if you feel like you need to. If it's sticking with you and you felt like you really messed something up, I really, I really messed. I communicated that poorly, uh, and I'm sorry that did not come out the way that I intended at all. Now all of a sudden we understand each other, and there's no reason to be afraid. Not when you're humble and you can apologize. Well, I think that's an, an excellent point, and it is sometimes it's maybe embarrassing at the moment, but. Sometimes I'll do that. I know somebody very well, and I may, for some reason, their name doesn't come to my mind. Just like you said, when you're introducing to a whole bunch of people, yeah. you, you know, you get towards the end. Well, and expect the best out of everybody, right? Don't expect the worst. So if your intent is to harm, you shouldn't have been doing it. That's a whole different, that's a whole different uh, a talk here. If your intent was to actually harm somebody. So I, I kind of assume, even with bad communication, I just assume you know, it, the intent was good. The intent was good. We just didn't communicate it very well. Right. How did you learn your communication skills? And obviously you kind of gave us a, a little bit of a sample here, but how you use the skills in your position as development director at TMP. And sometimes, it, like you said, it doesn't always work. I mean, right. when I say that, forgetting names, for example. But, yeah. but what about some of the, the skills that you have and how you utilize them? Well, the first person that I can I can attribute any anything that I do well in communicating is is going to be my dad for those of you that knew him he did not know a stranger so uh or he never met a stranger uh, it was I was always kind of in awe of everywhere that we went I'm like you know everybody everywhere you know and I I think that the reason why he was able to communicate so well with other people is what I have been talking about this entire time. He was a very smart man. He was very accomplished, but he was very, very humble in any of the situations that he went into. I did not go into education. I went into, you know, went a completely different direction, but the two of us could still communicate very well because he would ask me a lot of questions about what I was doing, the environment that I was in, the type of work that I was doing. He would ask a lot of questions in order to understand understand and communicate and have a relationship with me. I think that we don't ask enough questions. Um, we tell a lot of information, but we rarely ask a lot of questions. And he, that's something he was very, very good at. Um, even I, I think even if he probably knew the answers, he would still go in and ask you questions because mm -hmm. um, it made you feel important. True. When it made you feel important, then you felt comfortable with him and you made a relationship mm. with him. Yeah. Once you have a relationship with somebody, communication is much, much easier. Right. Mm. So we don't he asked a lot of questions. We don't ask enough questions. And that's something that I would like to work on better is just it's not it doesn't really matter how much I know. Um, I, I need to I need to learn what you know, and so that he would be the number one person. It, uh, and the thing and the thing that that allowed me to do is, like I said, I didn't I didn't stay in Hayes and I didn't go into education um, like him, but I was able to take what I witnessed from him and that ability to make people feel comfortable and ask questions of them and learn from them. 
and come to that understanding. That made me be able to take that same skill set and go into a fully different environment of um, defense contractor, right? Retired, you know, retired military guys, intimidating people, right? And be able to apply that and say, I'm the youngest person in the room, right? I don't know anything. But let me ask a bazillion questions of you, learn everything that you know, and build a relationship with you so that we can work together. Because then once I was able to build those relationships through effective communication and humility at the time, I was very humble at the time because I didn't know anything. And but I was able to build relationships with those guys, those, you know, those very accomplished men and women in a field that I really knew nothing about. And then I was able to further myself, right? Because I built relationships with them. I was then able to understand things. I was then able to apply that understanding with where I wanted to go and what I wanted for my own career and my own life. And I was able to apply those relationships to get where I wanted to go. So it was through really a lack of knowledge and not having a whole lot to, not having a whole lot to communicate a lot of facts to spill out that I was able to build relationships and become quite successful. Mm. So it's a really roundabout way of, of achieving, achieving that. I guess as far as attributing, you know, how I, how I learned what I learned, you know, I, I just kind of learned it by doing and that, and that first exposure was through my dad. Mm-hmm. Well, and which is one of the questions as far as, you know, who, who has been someone you admire for the communication skills, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that you're, you're talking about your dad, but mm-hmm. I'll take it a step further. Would you consider uh, Fred Ruta to be somebody you would consider to be, um, we were just talking about it before, why did I, <laughs> I, I just lost the word. What's the word? Charismatic. Yeah, more than me. Yeah, more than me. I, I, there was, I know, and you know, you could probably ask my mom this, but I know that there were, t- there were situations that he didn't want to go into. And there, there were ones that he didn't, you know, he didn't necessarily enjoy. But I do, I, I will say that yes, char- charisma was one of his qualities. He, he could make everybody feel comfortable mm-hmm. all the time. I, I now I will say because I heard that from a number of students that he had, mm-hmm. and that was exact. Just yeah. what you're, just what you're. Yeah, I, I, I wish that I would have gotten that gene. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. We, we appreciate your time coming Thanks, in. Thanks, Ken to share on effective communications. And uh, but uh, thanks for coming in. Appreciate yeah, it very much. You bet. Much. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you're a business that can help support this One Body show, please know you'll receive three underwriting spots per show, and the show runs five times a week. Plus, you'll be listed as a sponsor on the One Body page of Divine Mercy Radio's website. If interested, please call 785 621 4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 88.1 KVDM Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and very soon 101.7 KJDM Salina and 105.7 KMDG in Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Somebody, stewarding God's creation.